Another Arizona Coyotes game has come and gone, and another game in which we can say six scores, six goals scored by a single team, but you might be surprised it wasn't by the opposing team this time. It was from Arizona. We're going to talk about their game against the Columbus Blue Jackets, break it all down on today's episode of Locked On Coyotes. Your Locked On Coyotes, your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm Robin Leonio. That's Carl Pavlock right beside me. On today's episode of Locked on Coyotes, I want to thank everyone for making this show your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, and the Odyssey app, and of course, also on YouTube. we got a great show for you guys on today. The Arizona Coyotes have won their second game of the season, beating the Columbus Blue Jackets, I score six to three. Carl, this is an interesting one because we've talked about the Coyotes scoring, you know, or getting scored against and six, like six goals against in just about every game except that Toronto game. And for some reason, this game, they do six goals for. Yeah. Uh, scoring's up in the NHL, and uh, I think the Coyotes' weird love of the number six has definitely been a contributing factor in that. Uh, it was great to see them score six instead of give up six. That That's definitely a lot more fun. Uh, this is a weird one because it's a game that we didn't talk about. Uh, we we both were, were doing podcasts with other people. Yeah, I mean, so. I was doing – I had a preview we were doing um, with, uh, with Jay Forster of – uh of locked on blue jackets and you know what's funny is there are two predictions i made that kind of somewhat came true in this game um and that is a goal scorer you know jay asked me who the first goal scorer was going to be and i was like okay um i technically didn't get first goal scorer right but i did have that player that player did end up getting a goal um, and two, the final score, I said it was going to be a six to three game, I believe, but it ended up being, um, a, uh, the other way around was what I thought. Right. So it ended up being instead of 63 blue jackets, it was six to three Arizona coyotes and the goal scorer that I had mentioned, um, who I thought was going to be first, but still scored one anyways, isn't Dylan Gunther. Nice. Uh, I, I was on the Hockey Dudes, uh, which is not affiliated with the network, but uh, a great podcast that uh, I was on last year, too. Uh, and I brought up the fact that the Coyotes power play has been surprisingly effective this year. Um, and they scored two goals. Uh, so I think we both kind of like went into it from the perspective of the Coyotes are bad. Here's some bright spots. And the Coyotes were good and the bright spots were there. So it's great to see. It's amazing, too, is seeing where the contributions came from, right? Because um, obviously, they're, you know, it's a core, no, some core players who you really want to see a part of the future of the franchise. As mentioned, Dylan Gunther scored a goal. Lawson Krause scored a goal. 
Um, looks like McBain. Jack McBain got one. God's Despair got two. Uh, I think the most surprising one to me is the fact that Zach Cassian got one. <laughs> yeah, Zach Cassian. Uh, I, I had kind of low expectations for him going into the season. Um, and he he worked really hard leading up to that goal, and he worked really hard hammering that puck in. Uh, like it, it was not a goal that the Columbus Blue Jackets should have given up, um, but kudos to Cassian for putting in the work. Absolutely. I think another thing that we should address too is uh, is the uh, you know who's in net. Usually we're talking about Kirovi Melka. Right? In this case, we had a different guy in. We had Connor Ingram. We didn't talk about him because the one game he did play was a game that we had off, right? Yeah. Um, and so and that was ended up being a really bad game. So we're just like, eh, let's not talk about what Connor Ingram did that game. Maybe we can talk about this one because he had over a nine nine um, a uh, nine hundred save percentage, and he you know he looked all right out there. Yeah, he made a couple of like really big saves. Uh, Johnny Gaduria only got one goal, which is absolutely insane. Uh, Patrick Line returned to the ice. Uh, I when I started writing the preview last night. Uh, it looked like he was going to be out, but he returned. Um, he was held completely off the score sheet, I believe. Um, yeah, so so that was good. Uh, it was it was a solid night for Ingram, and he definitely got a lot of support in front of him. But it's a team game. You you like to see everyone kind of working together. Absolutely right, and it's going one one of the cool things. It's the. Because the thing is, we're ta- we've been talking about the kind of the, you know the Coyotes trying to play a a, you know, a a full game and you know starting off right and going through all those things and in this case you know they actually did you know I I decided I mentioned that as a key right I said the Coyotes have to start off right and you know it did, it did benefit Arizona the fact that they had a they ended up getting a power player kind of helped up Shane Gostaspierre's goal, but that's kind of what you want, right? Get the opportunities and get get them to tee everything up to have a good start because all the other games, they had really, really poor starts. Um, And like that kind of, that kind of moved into the fact of how bad they played for the rest of the game. In this case is they had a really good start. Yeah. Um, definitely their best start of the season. I would say more so than the Toronto game, which also seemed like a pretty good start. But that game, it felt more like the Coyotes were taking early penalties and the Toronto Maple Leafs were keeping up with them, also taking penalties. Um, And there was definitely some of that tit-for-tat with the Blue Jackets uh, tonight. But more so, it was the Coyotes just playing a, a good game. And, you know, there was plenty of penalties to be had, but that was not the reason why they won. And, you know, the fact that they weren't taking that first call, like, meant that they didn't have to worry about killing an early thing. They didn't have to worry about starting on the back foot. Columbus did that. Columbus took the the first penalty and gave a power play goal on it. And, you know, that seemed to set the Coyotes right. 
I, I will admit this was their most complete game. Uh, up until like maybe two minutes left in regulation, I was like, they're gonna they're gonna find some way to collapse, aren't they? They're gonna give up like four goals in the last two minutes and force it to overtime. But they didn't. They they held strong, and you know a six three win is a six three win. Yeah, I mean they did what they were leading. What was it four nothing after two? Four nothing after two. Uh, Jack McBain getting uh, an early third period goal really seemed to like settle on down, like. Johnny Hockey was able to score like not after that, but you still had a four goal lead. Like that, that is definitely something that kept them in the game. I think it did that, keep them that, in the game. Like and that keeps your like that keeps your motivation high, right? And that's the kind of things yeah. that we've been talking about too last year, right? You know, when you have that bad start and everything like that, it kind of puts your motivation down. But if you're able to keep your you know your foot on the gas all game long, it really really makes a difference. Yeah. Because, I mean, essentially, you're just building off of that momentum every single thing, every single, like, minute of the game. And the Coyotes were just trending right for most of it. Um, you know, there was a couple of spots where, you know, I, I didn't love what was happening. Um, and Columbus, you know, played a heck of a game. I'm going to give it to them. But they maybe gave the Coyotes – no, I'll say they definitely gave the Coyotes – Way too much space. Uh, the two Gossespair goals are nothing like goals that a defenseman should be scoring on you. Right. So, like that is absolutely yeah. Don't don't let people dead in the faceoff circles. I will say that Columbus. Uh, I'm not a professional hockey coach, but it seems like you're doing it wrong. Oh, I love to hear it. Love to hear it. Anyways, though, we still got more to get to on this episode of Locked On Coyotes. We're going to talk about some other things that we liked from this game some other things that you know might have stood out plus we're going to just take a uh, just a very brief look ahead at what's coming up in the next week for Arizona all that and more on the on this episode but first turn to Carl so i just want to say that betonline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season you can find all the latest player developments team matchups news podcasts and in-depth analysis for every game and as always bet online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up to the minute scores for every sport out there it's the fastest and easiest way to check on all your favorite games and events including major league baseball mma boxing golf and hockey head over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more bet online where the game starts Thanks again, everyone, for making Locked On Coyotes your first listen today. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today is available on this app, on YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Well, let's get back here on this episode of Locked On Coyotes, though. Let's get ready to, you know, discuss other things, you know, other elements from this game that we can take. Uh, and the one I want to address, uh, Carl, is is Dylan Gunther. I mentioned in the first segment that he scored a goal, uh, and mm-hmm. it's his second. It's his second straight game scoring goal. His first was of course against Ottawa, and I think three points in five and there five games played. 
Um, because yeah, they played six, but he didn't play the first. And it may it makes you think, okay, is if he continues to produce do you send him down because, uh, or just, you just like, uh, what, what kind of decision do you think the Coyotes have to be going through at this point? So the decision is definitely coming up quick. I think uh, he's got four more games left. It'll be interesting to see what he does in those four. Um, I am, I think it needs to not only be, does he continue to produce, but how is he producing and how is his consistency? Uh, I still think that he needs to improve in his consistency. Um, then again, the entire team needs to improve consistency-wise. Uh, so I'm not just going to lay it all on him. But he's a young guy. It's one of those things that younger players often need to work on. Um, but both of Gunther's goals have come on the power play. Um, if he had two five-on-five goals or, heck, even three five-on-five goals, uh, we'd be having a very different conversation. But and I, I do think that you know the fact that they're power play goals, it kind of it makes me more comfortable with the team reassigning him back to his junior team. Absolutely, um, and I think a couple other things that people do need to know. And yes, you know, it might be a tough decision, especially because he's going to be exciting. He's going to be, you know, a player everyone wants to watch. Let's um, just sure those who are going to be co- going to the games this upcoming weekend. Um, you know, you'll definitely get a taste. You should definitely get a taste of him. Um, yeah. I don't think he's going to get sent down this weekend. I think he may probably might be like Monday or Tuesday. But he's. I think I, I'm like I do think he's going to get sent down um, for you know the purpose of something like we talked about. Carl is the idea of one not rushing your prospects. I mean, does he look fine? Yeah, he looks great. He do like you don't really need to. There's no really terms of rushing in this one. But in this is the case where. It's also got to consider, you know, utilizing and maximizing his contract term, right? If you let him, if if you have him stay past the nine game threshold, then you can no longer slide that contract. That is con- that is a burnt year of his of his entry level contract. And what are you going to do from there, right? Might as well slide it again, and yeah. and focus on, you know the next couple of years afterwards. Cause we're getting, this is a rebuilding team. They're still trying to focus on getting a top top pick in the upcoming draft and utilizing what they got to, and uh, already in the pool to build from there. So why waste a year that looks like a, it, it is a definite rebuilding year on a, like with Dylan Gunther. Like I love the dude, but why would you do that? Yeah. And also like you said, that he looks great now. Uh, I, I, I would I would not go that far. I'd say he looks fine. Um, he looks close to being ready, but that is in the beginning of the season. Uh, how is he going to look 45 games in? Like, is he used to that? Is he physically ready for an 82-game hockey season uh, in the NHL? Like, that is a very different question and kind of like, what do you do at that point? What do you what do you do if like midway through he hits a wall and then you just have to send him back because he is just treading water with the coyotes? Like that would be horrendous for all of the contract reasons you said, but also just kind of like player development reasons. Like you don't wanna force a player to go through that. 
Absolutely. There's a lot of different reasons why you have why this decision would be sound to send them down. But again, there's the idea that okay, you know, you also want to um instill some bit of hope to fans, right? Yeah. If you want to look at the, you know, devil's advocate, you want to be able to put butts in seats. Uh, they shouldn't have any problem with it being uh having a smaller venue and it's gonna sell out every game regardless. Sure. But you know. We're talking about value here. I mean, I'm pretty sure the Coyotes want to try to, you know, jack up price as much as they can. It's like, hey, get a chance to see Dylan Gunther. You know, yeah. um, the future of the Coyotes, it's, they, they're going to do that. Yeah. And I mean, it's going to be tough. The team doesn't have Nick Schmaltz. Uh, they're probably not going to have Nick Schmaltz, you know, when they send Gunther down. Um, they, no. The way Shane Goss's pair is playing, he's going to get traded before Jacob Chikrin does. Uh, but either way, you're going to see some pretty big players move. Like you, you do want to give fans something to watch, but I do think that Coyotes fans are extremely patient with the rebuild. I'm not seeing any kind of like swelling that like he should stay up. I think everyone kind of understands the the business aspect of the of this situation as much as the player aspect of it. Um, so I don't think it'd be like a shock to the, to the fan base if he was sent down. No, I don't think it would be a shock. Some people would be a little sad. He's like, Oh, um, but like, and, and it does depend on like how he plays like the next four games. Like if he gets like back to back hat tricks and they send him down, that's, that's a little less hard to, you know, justify that. That may be kind of like a, yeah, we're gonna just need to burn a year of that deal. Yeah, you, you know, you just have to kind of, just kind of have to bite the bullet at that point. Um, plus, though, I think another thing you can do if you're the Coyotes in a way to, in a, in a excuse to send them down. You know, obviously, barring to what you said, something like that, um, would be, you know, it's like yeah, it's like you know, you might not be able to see Dylan Gunther, um. And it, this is like obviously, if you're just a market, if you're just like some kind of marketing person, you know where the Coyotes are playing, you know they're playing in ASU's arena, and you're just like, but guess what? In November, in 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 late November, the University of Minnesota comes to the yeah. same very same arena, and you get to see Logan Cooley. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like there there are plenty of reasons to keep watching the Coyotes. Uh, I think. Clayton Keller had a very good night. He had a, a three assist night um, and he looked really good. Like, and I think the team has pretty much moved past the point of trading him. Oh, so no. there's, they're, they're going to just mark it off of Keller. Yeah. Yeah. Keller has become the cornerstone of this franchise. You cannot move him. Yeah. Once you start showing up to like, city council meetings that's when you kind of need to keep that player around um showing up and speak uh because the the two two who are with him maybe not but um you know keller keller looked good this was you know a game where i thought everyone really seemed to click um and you know it's it's coming together earlier this year than it was last year which is exciting to see i still think this team's going to be bad i think it's going to hit like a lot of major walls but there's there's a soundness to the system absolutely 
Well, we still got more to get to, though, on this episode of Locked On Coyotes. We're going to take also a little quick look ahead because Arizona uh, has their home games coming up in just a little bit. Um, we have maybe look preview the games themselves. We're kind of getting an idea as we get ready to for Arizona to the Arizona Coyotes to finally open it up at Mold Arena. We're going to talk about that in just a moment. But first, I want to tell you guys about our next partner from Safe. Numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Safe home security to protect their home. You don't need to earn, you don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. At Safe, your security is the only thing that matters. And I know because I use Safe in my home, in my own, in my very own home, as they protect you with cutting-edge techno- uh, security technology powered by 24/7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back, and that's why I love it. With 24/7 professional monitoring, Safe's agents will call you the moment a threat is detected and dispatch police or first responders in an emergency, even if you're not home or can't be reached. Safe blankets your home in protection with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door. HD security cameras for inside and outside your home. Smarter ways to detect motion that only alert when a threat is real. And even hazard sensors to instantly detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. You can save 20% off your Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Visit once again, visit simplesafe.com slash locked on NHL to learn more. There's no safe like Simplisafe. Well, now let's go ahead and cap off this episode, Carl. We talked about the Coyotes win over over Columbus, and that is how they finish off the uh, opening road trip. Now they have a four-game homestand coming up. They, the Coyotes are finally ready to open it up at Mold Arena. Let's kind of get ready for this, obviously, without previewing the game itself, but previewing Mold Arena, you know, what's, at least in your in your mind, like, you know, what's the uh, the atmosphere, like, not like that, you know, the, uh, you know, your feelings about this, right? What's the, you know, how do, like, how are you feeling about them getting ready to open up in this new venue? So, uh, I, I'm real excited. Um, the, the videos I've seen, the energy at mold arena seems great it is going to be really fun it's going to be a very loud very intimate experience um which you know, just phenomenal if you can go to the game you're going to want to go and see kind of like the first coyotes game at mold arena uh, i am also a little bit nervous about what the coming uh weeks are going to be giving us um, we have heard that the opponents like uh facilities are not to the point where they're going to be like in a couple of months from now like they're still building some stuff uh so i imagine we're gonna get like a couple of like annoyed like pictures and be like can you believe that this thing is happening um and you know that'll eventually die down but i i always anticipate something like that you know I remember when the Olympics were in Sochi and just like the pictures that were getting shared were just like, you know, making everyone on Twitter explode. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, there's always going to be these, you know, some hiccups and stuff like that. No launch, you know, for, for a venue 
you know, whether you're, you know, in a playing at a college venue or a, you know, giant new shiny, you know, three billion dollar venue or whatever it is, it's not perfect. Launches are never perfect. There's always going to be yeah. some problems. Um, yeah. But yeah, you know, the, it's already had games. You know, ASU hockey has already played a couple of games there. Um, and from the, from my understanding is people love it. There. They love the atmosphere. They love the, the way it feels. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's going to be really cool to see Coyotes hockey play there. Uh, I had this conversation with a few people in this sense where, you know, they're really looking forward to it because obviously there's going to be really good sight lines. You know, the sight lines are going to be great. The, mm-hmm. um, and plus like, if you are of a family that can afford it, like you're, you know, imagine being a kid and being like this close to the action, seeing, you know, hockey play like this, right? This like NHL level hockey that close. Yeah. Which I mean, for, for some people that, that, that is what their experience watching NHL hockey is like. Um, I have sat in the lower bowl before. Uh, I, I did grow to appreciate uh, Gila River Arena's lower bowl. I was always like an upper bowl person. Uh, I, I like those kind of like eagle view, but you know, there's definitely something to be said about being like just a couple rows from the ice and watching games. Uh, you know, it's not always the best. Uh, I actually think that like glass seats are not that fun um if you are there to watch hockey um but if you want to just see like a lot of things really close it's great and yeah i I think it is going to be a lot of glowing reviews from people at mold arena yeah for those and of course that is for those that can afford it right unfortunately it's going to cost you a pretty penny to get in here i think what opening night tickets were around like two hundred dollars um per ticket, which is absolutely insane. Like, you know, very few other places where you see something like that. Um, and again, it makes sense because you're a smaller venue, right? You only hold, what, is it going to be like 4,600 people? Like, I think something like, yeah. There's been so many numbers thrown out about what the size is for NHL games. I can never keep track. All I know um, but yeah. just, just under 5,000. We can just say that, but still. Yeah, yeah. Like, as you know, supply goes down, the price goes up. Uh, we should all be very uh, it's basic very economics, with that. people. Basic yeah. economics, yeah, right. Plus, um, they're in they're they're in a more, um, uh, you know, admirable place to watch a game, right? You know, they're right there, like literally, like they're in freaking like downtown Tempe, pretty much. Like it's, yeah. It's a good spot. It's a, it's a really good spot. Uh, and, you know, it's a good opponent. I, I like that the Coyotes are going to be opening their new arena against the Winnipeg Jets. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, the Jets are going to be in the second game of a back-to-back, so maybe they'll be tired. But who knows? Yeah. Could the Coyotes get their first win streak going? Who wow. knows? They could, that could very well. That, I mean, it could happen. You never know. Yeah, yeah definitely. But- Coyotes are going to be rested. Jets are going to be tired. Uh, it should be good. Yeah, a little bit of a uh, of a, a teaser for you guys. Heads up. Um, obviously, we're going to be covering as many you know these these home games as best we as best we are able to, uh, including some more live coverage on the uh, the final game of the homestand against the Dallas Stars. I'm going to be at Mullet Arena, um, 
and we'll be doing some and doing hopefully doing some live stuff from there which i'm i'm actually really excited for that does sound exciting uh i am not going to be at mold arena that night uh which is good because my laptop currently uh, the hinge doesn't work so i would not be able to bring it um so i can't do anything live from there yet uh but yeah it should be fun like this uh this first homestand it's gonna be a big one it is going to be a big one. And if you are able to get tickets, you know, obviously we, a lot of us are jealous of you guys. Hope you guys really enjoy it. It's going to be really fun. Um, as we get closer to the games itself, we'll provide a full preview. But we wanted to talk about this because it's going to be a unique experience for um, for those who are able to go and even for those who aren't able to go because to see, you know, how it all even looks on TV. Yeah, because uh, I think it's going to be ESPN streaming for it so i hope you're able to watch uh i i know that there were some issues uh with you know espn hockey uh and some people just not able to watch it for whatever reason or having to go on hulu to watch it but hopefully everyone can uh enjoy it it's gonna be a you know kind of a later game on friday Absolutely. Do you have any final thoughts you'd like to share about this upcoming homestand or about this last game that we just uh, that we just experienced before we close things off? I, I just like that they're going into this to this homestand with momentum. That that to me is the most important thing. Absolutely, momentum is huge for eras. You know, just for any kind of hockey team, for any sports team, right? Momentum really makes a difference. Can kind of really help um, with mo- the motivation factor as a team moves in. To a uh, to get ready to begin a new chapter of their franchise. Well, well that's going to be it for today's episode of Lo- the Locked On Coyotes podcast. If you like what you heard, don't forget to leave a five star review to like, comment, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We are, uh, you know, on Apple, Google, Spotify, and again, pretty much everywhere. We're even on YouTube for those who like to see our faces and uh, watch video podcasts. We are on there as well. You can just search it up once again on Locked on Coyotes. Don't forget to interact with us on social media, though. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash Locked on Coyotes, on Instagram at Locked on Coyotes, and on Twitter at LO underscore Coyotes. I am personally at Robin underscore Leonio. It's Robin with a Y underscore L-E-A-N-O. Carl Pavlock is at Carl Pavlock interact with us ask a question you might have we might answer right back or on a future episode of the locked on coyotes podcast thanks everyone for listening to today's episode hope you're staying safe out there hope you're staying healthy and don't forget to howl on